Lauren Boebert has run into even more trouble in Colorado, if you can believe it, this time involving her 18-year-old teen father, son. Now, what happened is that Tyler Boebert, Lauren Boebert's 18-year-old son, who, again, became a father uh, last year, was arrested on 22 charges in their hometown of Rifle, Colorado. These charges, some of them, are very, very bad for the young Bobert and could result in him spending many years in prison. Let me read you what he is alleged to have done in this Colorado crime spree, they're calling it. The lawmaker's son was booked into the Garfield County Jail on four counts of criminal possession of a financial device, four counts of criminal possession of ID documents, and one count of conspiracy to commit a felony. He was also charged with four misdemeanor counts of ID theft, three misdemeanor counts of first-degree criminal trespass, three misdemeanor counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor, and three counts of the petty offense of theft of less than $300. So what's been happening is that in Colorado, there have been a lot of uh, vehicle break-ins, and they believe that Tyler Bobert was also a part of this, in addition, of course, to the financial devices that he possessed, the ID cards that were not his, that he possessed, that is indicative of identity theft and possibly even credit card skimming. Now, we do not have full information about what specific financial devices this 18-year-old father had, but I'm imagining probably not good, right? There, there's several felonies in there that he has now been charged with 22 total counts, including the felonies and misdemeanors. So Lauren Bobert, her ex-husband was arrested twice in the last year. Her son has now been arrested on 22 counts. She herself has her Beetlejuice uh, lewdness hanging over her head. How in the hell can any person anywhere in this country look at Lauren Boebert and say, that is an upstanding citizen. That is the kind of person I want to send to Washington, DC. I, I would love anybody that supports Lauren Boebert to please provide me with an answer. What about her? What about her life? What about her personal life? What about her professional career in Congress leads you to believe that this is the best possible choice to represent you. You want to send her to the U S house. She can't even keep her own damn house in order. Her family clearly has very serious problems. That is where her focus needs to be. If she genuinely cared about her family, that is what she would be doing, including getting help for herself. This is a selfish individual who is not concerned about the welfare of her family. She is not concerned about the trauma these children have experienced growing up. Cause let's not forget back in December of 2022, Tyler Bobert, the one who was just arrested, he had to call the cops on his own father, said his dad was throwing him around the house. Now he later called back and said, ah, I was just a verbal disagreement, but then he admitted that, yeah, my dad did shove me to the ground. So these kids have had a very rough childhood, no mistaking that. Now that's not an excuse for engaging in, you know, allegedly a life of crime here, 
but something happened in that family that has just poisoned this entire Bobert family tree. And that is what needs to be fixed. That is what needs to be worked on. This individual, Lauren, does not need to go back to the House of Representatives. Honestly, given everything that she is facing right now, she should resign immediately. Like, she should just be done. There is no way in hell she is going to win an election now with this much baggage hanging over her head. And for the good of her family, she needs to walk away and get everybody, including herself, some serious help. Donald Trump this week finally paid the $392,000 that he owes to the New York Times after a lawsuit that he had filed against them many years ago was dismissed last year. So here's what happened. Donald Trump, as per usual, was angry about the New York Times reporting in the year 2018 because they had worked with his niece, Mary Trump, who gave them tax documents for Donald that she had in her possession as part of, you know, estate, uh, you know, deals and wills and all that stuff. So she provided it to the New York Times. The New York Times posted it, ran articles about it, and Trump, once he left office, sued because he said this was, uh, what was the phrase he used? Uh, Torches interference. It, it, was, it was somehow in 2018, it was interference with something, right? Uh, we, we don't exactly know what it was interfering with, but Trump's lawyers told us, no, 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 they were, they were interfering with something. We just, we're not sure what it was. And last year, finally, the judge looked at this and they said, no, you don't have a case. The New York times did not do anything wrong. They reached out to somebody who had the information that individual gave them the information. They published it. They, guess what? They're a publisher and guess what? Their right to freedom of speech is not only enshrined in the U S constitution, but it's also enshrined in the New York state constitution. Therefore the judge says, I'm not only dismissing your lawsuit, but I'm going to make you pay their legal fees which amounted to close to $400,000, which Donald Trump again paid this week. So Donald Trump has not yet posted his bond in the E. Jean Carroll case in order to appeal it. He actually filed with the court this week saying that, Hey, he's so rich. He shouldn't have to pay it. Um, which if you were so rich, you actually wouldn't have a problem paying it in the New York fraud trial. His lawyers did file the notice of appeal this week. However, there is no indication that they paid the bond to even be able to appeal. So Trump hadn't paid that money. He just had to pay out $400,000 to the New York times for suing them for a story that by the way, they won the Pulitzer prize for Trump is in bad shape financially folks. His arguments with the courts like, Oh, I'm so rich. I, sh I shouldn't have to pay this. It's not because he's so rich that he shouldn't have to pay. It's because he doesn't have enough money to pay all of them right now. I mean, losing $400,000 when you have $400 million allegedly in the bank, according to Trump himself, I mean, that's a big deal. It may not be the end of the world for him, right? What is that? Like 1% maybe 0.1%. But nevertheless, when you have hundreds of millions of dollars that you already have to pay out another $400 uh, a check that you have to write, $400,000 check you have to write. That's a big deal. 
So Trump is losing money hand over fist. He cannot pull this out of his uh, campaign accounts. This has to come from his bank account and he's being bled dry, not only because he's losing cases filed against him, but because he's so litigious that he loves to just file these lawsuits, doesn't care if he wins or lose, he just wants to screw over the other party. But now in the end, it's coming back to screw him at the worst possible time. Prosecutors filed new briefs in the Mar-a-Lago documents case this week, where they outlined how Donald Trump attempted to corrupt his own lawyer by lying to him and trying to get the lawyer, of course, to lie to the FBI. So here's what happened. As we all know, Donald Trump had gotten a subpoena after many, many months, almost a full year of back and forth with the national archives, national archives saying, please just give us back the documents. Trump being like, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't have what you're saying. And if I did, I still wouldn't do it. So the FBI, the DOJ had to get involved. They send the subpoena down there. And in response to the subpoena, according to this filing from prosecutors this week, Trump told his lawyer this. When presented with a grand jury subpoena demanding the return of the remaining documents bearing classification markings, Trump attempted to enlist his own attorney in the corrupt endeavor, suggesting that he falsely tell the FBI and grand jury that Trump did not have any documents and suggesting that his attorney hide or destroy documents rather than produce them to the government. So the lawyer, this attorney that Trump is attempting to corrupt, is not actually mentioned by name. So we don't know which particular lawyer this is, although it is of course assumed that he's likely talking about Evan Corcoran, who kept detailed notes of everything. Those notes are now in the hands of prosecutors and Corcoran himself has had to sit for many interviews with them. But at this time, whatever the lawyer is, whoever the lawyer is, uh, they did not go along with Trump's plan to lie to the FBI, but that's okay. Trump had a workaround according to prosecutors and they continued. Failing in his effort to corrupt the attorney, Trump enlisted his trusted body man, co-defendant Waltine Nada, and his name is Waltine. I, I definitely would go by Walt. Um, in a scheme to deceive the attorney by moving boxes to conceal his continued possession of classified documents. As a result, Trump, through his attorney, again returned only a portion of the classified documents in his possession while falsely claiming that his production was complete. So this is likely where, and I don't know if you remember this story. I told it a couple weeks ago, but Donald Trump sent the lawyer down to the basement at Mar-a-Lago. He's like, Hey, okay. I think, uh, I think I got some documents down there. So why don't you go down to the basement and do that? While the lawyer was in the basement, Trump had a locksmith come in and change the locks on a closet in his bedroom. And I'm not talking about, Oh, they just had, no, no. The lawyer gets sent away and immediately quickly, they bring in the locksmith, change the lock. The lawyer comes back up and he's like, yeah, I got no documents. Oh, look at that. I, I told you. I mean, this is such a grand conspiracy carried out by one of the dumbest people to ever attempt to do crime that it's almost laughable, but this is what we have learned as these filings have been made by, by the prosecutors and it doesn't stop there. The prosecutors continued. The obstructive conduct even persisted from there. 
in June 2022, knowing that he had arranged for Nada to move boxes to conceal them from Trump's attorney, and knowing that the government had subpoenaed the security footage that would reveal the sur- surreptitious box movement. Trump, now joined by not only Nada, but also co-defendant Carlos de Oliveira, attempted to have the information technology manager at Mar-a-Lago delete the foot- video footage that would show the movement of boxes. So he tried to hide it from his lawyer. He tried to destroy the evidence before the government could get their hands on it, even though the government had already subpoenaed that evidence. Again, I hate to say this so many times, but I swear to God, if this were in front of any other judge other than uh, Judge Eileen Cannon, this trial would have been over months ago, folks. We don't need weeks and weeks of trial for this. This is, this is a segment on Judge Judy, like 10, 15 minutes, maybe (laughs) open shut. We know all of this. We have the witnesses. We have the notes. We have the security footage. We have Trump with the smoking gun himself, the documents in his possession. He freely admits he had them. If it was in front of any judge that was not named Eileen Cannon, this trial not only would result in Trump being convicted, but it probably would have been over about six months ago. According to those close to Donald Trump and his legal team, Donald Trump's lawyers are hoping that Judge Eileen Cannon will in fact somehow save them from the trial that is being overseen by Judge Tanya Chutkin. And here is how that works. Trump's lawyers have been very upfront with the fact that they hope that Cannon kind of keeps pushing her trial back and back and back. Right now it is scheduled for the end of May, but they actually have a hearing tomorrow on Friday uh, where maybe it gets delayed a little more. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Maybe it gets delayed later on down the road. But either way, Trump's lawyers plan right now is to make sure that Judge Cannon basically blocks off the entire rest of the year on the calendar so that Judge Tanya Chutkin cannot schedule her trial for Donald Trump because that's the biggest one. So what's happening is that Judge Tanya Chutkin had, of course, initially scheduled Donald Trump's trial to start in May. But because he appealed it based on I have immunity and the Supreme Court has not yet given us a ruling on immunity, Chutkin cannot put that case back on the schedule legally. So Chutkin at the moment does not have a trial date set. Now, if the Supreme Court were to come back like right now, she could throw it back on the calendar for May and everything's fine. But the longer the Supreme Court takes, the less likely it is that Chutkin's going to be able to put it back on the calendar for May, especially if Cannon still has her trial on the schedule for May. And that's what Trump's lawyers are hoping right now. And then as we get closer to that documents trial, they're hoping that Cannon will hear their arguments and say, oh no, we, we need more discovery for classified information. We, we haven't gone through Smith was blocking us and Cannon will say, okay, I'll give you another month. Okay. Well, another month isn't enough for judge Chutkin to squeeze her case in there. And then they want to do the same thing and the same thing. And then once you hit August, by the way, Chutkin already has other cases on her schedule. So she can't clear out those cases to make room for Trump. 
So all Trump's lawyers have to do basically is keep the calendar, the trial calendar full until August ish. And then Cannon won't be able to start her trial till likely after the 2024 election. That is their goal. They're playing one judge against another, one red district, one blue district, one Trump appointed judge, one Obama appointed judge. I mean, look, these cases could not be any more different from one another. And they're scared of Chutkin, but they know they've got Cannon in their pocket. So every time they file a motion with Cannon, they can get things pushed off. Every time they file a motion with Chutkin, she rules on it typically within a matter of days. Sometimes she's gotten a filing from them in the morning. She's ruled on it by afternoon. Cannon's incompetence and her inexperience prevent her from doing that. I don't know if it's intentional or I don't know if it's just because she's really bad, but either way, Cannon is slow walking this. Trump's lawyers are pushing it. And that could end up screwing over Judge Tanya Chutkin to where we don't get a resolution in the January 6th case until possibly even next year. That's what Trump's lawyers are going for. They're very open about this being their plan. And it's all dependent on Judge Cannon going along with their deceptive idea. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. <laughs>